0: Art can mean different things to different people. For me, it's all about the joy of creating. So if you draw, paint, write, dance, sing, craft, play air guitar, or even sculpt using nothing but mashed potatoes, consider yourself an artist and join the conversation. For the next half hour, meet the artist, learn about their inspiration, and enjoy the beauty of creativity. Welcome to Art Talk with John Cole Artist. Well, good evening, everyone. It's John Cole Artist, and today is Tuesday, September 26th. This is the last Tuesday in September. Can you believe it?
1: I can means, believe it.
0: That means Halloween's right around the corner. It is. And the funny thing is, I think it was, uh, what was this 22nd was the first day of fall this year, right? And on the 21st in Massachusetts, it was like 80 degrees, and on the next day, it was down to 50. So I don't know how that happened, Christy, but it did. So, everyone, I want to introduce you to Christy Farisi. She is a really good friend of mine. She is a life coach. She's an artist, and she's also a retired school teacher. So, we're going to get taught tonight, aren't we?
1: <laughs> no, I'm retired. <laughs> <laughs> awesome.
0: So, Christy, I was hoping, uh, well, first of all, I want to say thanks, to everybody, for tuning in tonight, and hello to those folks watching the replay Um, You guys are just as important to me as the folks that watch live. So thank you for that. So, Christy, if you wouldn't mind introducing yourself to our audience, I think that would be awesome.
1: Um, Well, thank you for that. Thank you for having me. Um, I am a retired teacher as of January, and it was early retirement, and I've decided to take a different path with um, Life Coach. And now i'm kind of taking a little turn and going back to art and introducing art therapy into my programs and um, i'm using this year just to kind of play around with everything i've wanted to know more about and um, realizing that as an art teacher you've done a lot Mm -hmm. with art therapy you just didn't know it so Mm -hmm. instead of following you know state standards um, we're talking about feelings and emotions and it's it's pretty cool it's kind of fun to see it all come together
0: Right is that with um is that with adults then right are you it could is that be, what looking at or
1: the certification was on from age 1 to even um elderly with dementia oh okay different types of dementia so um my mom has dementia and uh, that's kind of been intriguing me and then you know I used to teach kindergarten for 15 years so I go back to that developmentally stage 2 and then I taught high school art Mm-hmm. And um, I really saw the need for some um, ways to help the students communicate, and you can communicate through art. So that was a beautiful thing to dive into that and get creative and just let see where it goes.
0: Absolutely. Well, we could start by saying hello to Christine Cole. She's online. She says, Hello, beautiful souls. Hi,
1: Christine.
0: And thank you, Christine, for watching. I think Christine has been my biggest fan so far. I think she's seen every episode <laughs> I've done. I think that's so, a good thing, yeah. Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, so yeah, art therapy, that's, <clears throat> I don't think that's a subject that I've talked with anybody about because that's not a subject I know too much about. Is So so? what exactly is that? I mean, what's your definition? Is there a, let's put it this way, is there a standard definition or, or what?
1: There's a broad definition, but I okay. can definitely narrow it down for you. Um, it gives someone a way to communicate. Mm-hmm. So if they can't say what's troubling them, or if they don't know what to do, just the the art, the fact of coloring back and forth, and giving them a prompt. So it's kind of like journaling, like writing. Okay. Um, they're allowed to dive in more between the conscious and the unconscious, and things start to come out, and then the beauty in art therapy comes when the artwork is done and then you talk about it and you ask them questions.
0: Okay. So it's, it's, <clears throat> it sounds to me almost like it could either be an alternative to what journaling would be if you were of the writing kind, right? Certainly. Um, it's yeah. a different
1: way to communicate.
0: Yeah. And it's, it um, then would also, or could augment too, right? I mean, you, you could have the journaling piece and then, what you maybe use art as a form of expanding on that, or maybe digging, digging even deeper. Right.
1: All of those things. And, and the beautiful thing that, that triggered like, Oh wow, that's so neat. Is that art is a way of taking something and manipulating it or trying new things and seeing it grow and expand and get better. And that within itself is a beautiful thing because you're creating just by trying and art, allows you to do that. And that's a that gives you a successful feeling that, Oh, I can do something.
0: Right. Right. What about, what about folks that, I mean, cause this, this seems to be a common thing that I've heard from people, you know, I, I don't want to do art or I don't want to go down this road because it's too hard.
1: Oh my goodness. That brings up um, something beautiful in this whole process. This year has been amazing. Um, full year of growth. I was on a, a survivor chat group mm-hmm. and someone just randomly said, Oh, I drew this. I don't know why. I don't know where it came from. Um, can anyone help me? And I looked at the, the drawing and I was like, Oh, it's interesting. You know, it looks like two sweater hands with some fringe in the end. And, you know, right. there's two people at the bottom. And I was just like, I was jealous, you know, cause this person said, Oh, it's a horrible drawing. And I was like, I don't think it's horrible. I think there's a message in there. And this was before I went through the classes and learned more about it. Mm-hmm. Someone in the chat said, um, by any chance, were you involved with the nine 11 twin towers? Mm. Oh, I just got chills. Cause this person said, yes, I was a child and I was in the, the lobby and I didn't get the full details of, of his involvement with the twin towers. But when I started to look at his art, um, I responded to him and I said, this is the most beautiful example of inner child art. When you don't think you're a good artist at all, Great. your inner child in you is just going to remember draw what they see. And there were so many details, like there was fire at the top. Mm-hmm. It looked like fringe. There were people at the bottom. There were some clocks. He said that I guess there were some um, some famous artworks in the lobby. Right. That he related to, and I, I, you know, I'm not his, his coach, so, but I really wanted to dive in and ask more questions, but I just told him that I love that you showed this, even though you thought it was horrible because right. that's how you learn and grow and you share and then you feel safe. And then it's a beautiful thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That idea of being able to feel free enough to express yourself, you know, and, and again, I think what you're suggesting is important. Uh, and that is, is it doesn't have to be the Mona Lisa. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, and, you know, that's something that I tend to beat myself up on all the time, right? It's this idea of, well, if it's going to be a, a a dog, I want it to look like a dog. When in reality, maybe it doesn't need to be. Maybe that's really not what your subconscious needs it to be because maybe there's a message there, you know? If I draw an animal, why,
1: why did you draw the dog with this what right, is right. The dog, what's next to the dog you know and and with their subconscious without knowing it will put it on there and that's part of their whole message which is beautiful yeah. like what tell me more about your your drawing
0: right yeah and, I, and, and that the, the inner specifically that inner child piece because i know that that seems to come up quite often uh with some of the other folks i've talked to over the last you know eight months or so um I think there's two parts of that. I think the first part is from an inner child perspective. And I I would argue that there's probably not a huge population out there that would even want to recognize that because, you know, we are such a strange nation right now, right? But I think the fact of the matter is, is we do all have inner children, whether or not we acknowledge it or not. So I think part of that is allowing that inner child to express itself through something like art. And I also think the other part is as an adult, value to the art maybe not necessarily expressing as the child but expressing that moment in time right I you know that.
1: one of the um the lessons i've learned and i can't wait to do this and i'll just share it now because people can do this at at home right now is um write a postcard to yourself mm-hmm. and then on the other side draw a picture of what that means to you right so what the beautiful thing is is you write your message like you know what you need to hear what you want to hear you know ask yourself what do you need why and then as you're coloring putting those messages in your head and focusing and basically meditating as you're drawing and coloring right allows you to build the new neurons
0: you Mm -hmm. know it
1: allows you to kind of make that like an affirmative action or just something that you're aware of that you can share and talk about and heal i mean it's it's so broad and it's so amazing at the same time right um last year with your wife we did a, a workshop on and and it was based on inner child and your your lovely wife talked about the inner child and how to get her to um explore more and and I didn't get it at the time and I thought it was fascinating just seeing her work. And um, my first response was, Oh, I could never do that. I'm not that kind of artist. And, um, and my part was on just doing the Zen tangles and like the mandalas and just the, the repetitive, the repetitive motion with an affirmative action involved allows you to really figure things out in an amazing way. So You know, if, if you don't think you're a great artist, you can even look up Zentangles online or you can look up or just, you know, draw, you know, write a postcard to yourself or draw a picture of your superhero. What's your superpowers and what's your weakness? How could you get destroyed? Like little things like that Yeah, allows you to like, well, okay, I can try. Yes, you can try. Anyone can try to draw. Right. You know?
0: Yeah. But the key thing, though, with all of that, I think would be the willingness to be able to do that. Because I think, you know, again, and I hate to go back to this, but there's a very small percentage, I think, of the population that really want to look at that stuff, right? It's,
1: And, you know, that goes along with the the program that I would offer is if it's individual, it would mm-hmm. be completely based on that individual's needs. And you right. would have different prompts and um, you would find out their skill, skill level and um, you'd have to build up a relationship of trust so that they feel vulnerable to to expand. You know, the group sessions would be more about, um, you learn from each other. And so you see the different talents and the different ways that they communicate through their art. And that's a beautiful thing because you're all kind of learning from each other. So right. that's what I meant by a bright, broad, broad definition is it can be specialized to that individual in a one-on-one session, or you can give them homework to hmm. work on something and then you can talk about it the next week or a group session and even then, a group session can take different turns. Whether it's like a therapeutic, you know, like an AA session, or you know, some type of group that meets and they have something in common would look different than a group full of strangers. Right. Right. You know, so you really have to to pinpoint down what you think would work for them, and mm-hmm. you might actually find people that are artists and didn't know it, which I think is fabulous.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, I've got a uh, Facebook private group that says we are all artists. So I we think are fundamentally we are. So I do want to call out Jerry. Jerry's online. She says hello. Hey, Jerry. I want to make sure I didn't forget her. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that um, all that's interesting. And I tell you what, as you move forward, um, again, I think that I think the the challenge would be um, getting people to really have that willingness to to look at themselves. I mean, we both know we've been through programs, you know, coaching programs ourselves, and now you're sliding into that world and there's always that resistance piece there, then really, ultimately, I think that resistance is just fear. Me being afraid to look at my own stuff can be, yeah, can be as scary as me picking up a paintbrush for the first time, right? It's 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 all the same response, right? You
1: know, and and this is when your intuition comes into play, you know, because mm-hmm. I don't picture myself meeting someone for the first time, second week saying, okay, today you're going to draw a cow. You know, I mm-hmm. don't picture it like that. I I picture, you know, just trying to intuitively feel what they would need, you know, how do you feel about drawing? How do you feel, you know, and you'll feel them out. And um, I have such a plethora of information in my head that, and even just from teaching for so long, teaching art, Mm -hmm. there's so many mediums, so many styles, so many ways to just allow someone to focus and meditate or get a little crazy. You know, you would have to get to know the, the person at the time and see what they want and what they need.
0: Well, I'm glad you mentioned um, the teaching again because it, I, I did have a question that popped into my mind. As a, as a teacher, right? Um, and I'm not going to use the word retired because clearly you're still teaching. It might not be the same audience. True, but you're very teams, true. Right? Yeah. Um, as a teacher, looking at the value of art, right now, you've taught kindergarten and then you, and what was it, middle school?
1: I taught K th- I taught kindergarten for 15 years and yeah. within those 15 years I taught K through 5th grade for 2 years okay. and then I taught high school art for the last 5 years.
0: Okay. So 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 tell tell me what the value is of art in the classroom and we'll we'll focus on the the older kids, right? Younger kids I think tend to be a little bit more creative naturally anyway and I know the older we get sometimes we pull away from that for whatever reason. So let me ask you: What what is the real value of art in the classroom?
1: That is such a good question, um, and I think it's kind of missed.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I don't want to compare my program to any other program out there. We're we're a small rural town. Um, we don't have a lot of funding, so it was yeah. really you know based on donations and and stuff like that. Um, you know, but it all goes with your your age group. You know, with the kindergartners. They're learning to be, become more realistic in their drawings. and as a teacher, you teach them oh we have a face and oh where's your neck? oh we need to draw a neck you know and right and oh my goodness he have no clothes on he's naked you know and they'll giggle and laugh and it, right. it, it's just like they're still learning and their brain's still developing you know and then we turn those into sentences you know it used to be um draw a picture of a cat. And, you know, and then I would put on the board, um, I would write a sentence. I see a black cat on a log. You know, I would mm-hmm. pick very simple sentences. And the students had to read it and then draw it. Right. So they were doing like the reading and the writing and the drawing and putting it all together and making it make sense, which is where their brain development was from five. And, you know, and then with the, um, the older kids, second grade, we I had this amazing um, lesson with cardinals and we started off just with uh we did watercolor cause it was a very easy medium to use with um, the elementary kids and not messy. Um, yeah. We did a triangle for the head, an oval for the body. No, a, a trapezoid, I can't remember now. Triangle for the head, yeah, trapezoid for the tail. Mm-hmm. And they just did those three shapes together and then we added the beak and the eye and then the, the, the branch and that was like my favorite lesson that I did with second graders. Right. And then um, with, uh, you know, when, as they get older and their brains developing, this was um, fourth and fifth graders. I said, OK, we're just going to commit. We're going to draw an eagle. And they just looked at me like, what? And so we just started with the eyes, the mm-hmm. you know, the iris and the colors and then we just did watercolor again. Let's do some dark feathers and do the shape of the the, the face. And does it have ears and, you know, look at the details. And um, I had some of my best artists come out during that lesson that that was, I, I was able to reteach when they were seniors in high school. So that was pretty cool.
0: Oh, that is cool. Um,
1: you know, and then you get your high schoolers where some of them, they have to take art to graduate. Right. So you had to deal with why am I here, miss? You're killing me. Why are you making me draw this? And yeah, um, I have kind of a funny story if I can digress a little bit. Um, sure. You know, those that know will know what I'm talking about. And if you know me, you'll know what it's probably about. But one year I had this kid that um, he he was, I kind of like those challenging personalities because it makes me laugh. I'm like, okay, come on, get it out. And then let's get focused on your grade and what you need to do. And Um, he drew a uh, mushroom. Okay. And um, it was funny. I was like, okay, here we go. It seemed to be the same type of year, time of year when the mushroom would appear. And um, I decided to take another spin with it. And um, I said, this is the best mushroom I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. And so I put it up on the the wall and he was mortified because he was like, (laughs) I can't believe she doesn't know what it is. And um, so the next day I said, okay, let's talk about, we're all going to Paint this mushroom as this mm-hmm. person did. I mean, I said, look how he did the roots and look how he did the the stem and you know, and and it must be raining or something. And and it was so freaking funny to see him sweat through it. Mm-hmm. But the kids ended up painting and not even learning that they were doing art. So right. you know, that's the kind of fun and the creativity you have to have with teaching the older kids if they don't want to be there. Right. How can you inspire them to have a little fun and explore?
0: Yeah. 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 I think, um, <clears throat> yeah, I agree with all that. And I love, I love that. That story was awesome. It really was. <laughs> and
1: still know. laugh about it.
0: <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I, you know, when I, when I took art in high school, um, I think, I think, I think the one thing that, that was missing for me uh, during my high school years specifically, cause I don't remember ever taking art when I was small. I just don't remember that. Um, but I think what was missing was that connection to self. And it sounds to me that, you know, the way that you were teaching it, whether or not it was kindergarten or not, I mean, not only is there, there are lessons about how to make connections with language and things like that, which is super important, right, um, but also to look at things from different perspectives and use that create that creative side that we have to you know, it's like those paint and sips or whatever they're called that people do. Right. I mean, there's value to that when people go do that. And it's not the wine, I'm not talking about the wine itself, but that idea of being able to see something and then painting your interpretation of it. So when you posted this kid's thing up, I'm sure you got half a dozen different things. Right.
1: You oh, know yes, what I mean? Definitely.
0: Yeah. So, <laughs> and speaking of art, I would like to um, show our audience some of your art if you're up for it. Maybe you could sure, talk. a little bit. It. It. All right. So um Christy had sent me a whole uh, basically a a small portfolio and I pulled out some of the pieces that really called to me or talked to me um, so this first one here is watercolor Christy
1: this was one of my first watercolors I attempted to do and it was a, a group class mm-hmm. and um, you know, I just talked about the images and the gesture of a person in the background. Like if you zoom in, it doesn't look like a person, but from far away, it does. And, right. you know, my I can look at it now and say, oh, I should, I should have done this. And um, I would love, thanks, Christine. I see that there. I would love to repaint this now that I've grown. This was when I first started dabbling with watercolors. And, you know, then the silly me, I had to throw my husband's boat in the background and, you know, it's way off of um, proportions, but I had a little fun with it, but I learned shadowing and, um, you know, the darkness of the dark sides of the inside of the boat. And, you know, it was, I thought it was horrible. Now that I look, I'm like, okay, it's not so bad. <laughs> no, it's
0: not bad at all. Actually, it's funny when he mentioned throwing in the, did you put the boat in towards the end of the painting?
1: He um, we did the background first, right? Which so in that... watercolor, that's difficult because you had to paint around the boat. You had to know, yeah. you know,
0: um, yeah, I only asked that because it reminds me of that time. And speaking of high school art, um, see, watercolor was never my forte, so when I look at this, I'm like, This is awesome! You know, me and watercolor have never gotten along for some reason. Um, but it reminds me back in high school, I did this what I thought was this beautiful, like, scene <laughs> like this, right? Maybe not with a boat, but it was like a, a pond, and I had these trees, and I'm like, That looks really good. And then I went and ruined it by throwing the freaking Loch Ness oh. monster in there. It's like, Dude, what are you thinking?
1: You know, you. <laughs> Do you, I can show you how many times I've repainted. Yeah. Watercolor art. Yeah. And, it, yeah. you know, it, it's slowing down, concentrating, which, you know, it's kind of interesting that I say that because teaching watercolor to the elementary school was like a disaster waiting to happen, <laughs> but just have fun with it. And, you know, you don't have to have everything look like it's touching. You can have a little bit of gap there, you know, just forgiving yourself and let's just take it for what it's worth and learn from it, you know? Yeah.
0: yeah. But uh, yeah, that's, that is a nice painting. And then um, this one is a, and you told me before we got on what this plant is. It's It's
1: a bromeliad. Um, uh, When I taught art at the elementary school, I had a group here, um, the Florida Keys Watercolor Society. They adopted me. Hmm. And the lady that was running the society at the time, she would have me come to her house and we would just draw or paint plein air, random things. It was so intimidating. And this was my first bromeliad plant that she had in a pot. I mean, I noticed that there's no pot there, but that's kind of funny. Um, But yeah, it was just, yeah, I love that little uh, looks like it's a drop on that top leaf there on the left. That's the beauty of watercolor is it takes on its own um, direction and you just, you just accept that and run with it.
0: Yeah. I think you're right. I I think sometimes the things that at the time might seem like a mistake because you're looking for something specific ends up turning out to be, turns out to actually improve what it is that you're doing. I think it was Bob Bob Ross, right? Happy accidents.
1: Happy accidents. Yes.
0: (laughs) Now I put this in here because Christy, you, you were in the newspaper, which I, when you sent this and I looked, I'm like, that has got to be the coolest thing.
1: It was pretty cool to be recognized because you know, the art program is just an elective and you know, they, you get the kids in there Some things that don't want to learn and then you get the kids that want to learn. And yeah, it was nice to be appreciated.
0: Yeah. I think that's amazing. And I think is that anywhere where people could read that or is this just something in your own personal collection?
1: Well, it's, it's on the internet still with the um, keysweekly.com.
0: Oh, okay. Keysweekly.com folks. Um, if you're interested And when was this?
1: This was two
0: oh. it was during COVID. You it was during
1: that. COVID. Yeah. So probably 20 or 21 2021.
0: Okay. Yeah, I think that's neat. And in a second, folks, you're going to see that. I think I think we see that dolphin picture again. But um, Yeah. And uh, Christine writes, I love your paintings. Yeah,
1: oh, thank
0: you. And Jerry gave you three hearts, not just one or two, but three. <laughs> so nice. Thanks, Jerry. Yeah, they're really pretty. All right. Uh, oops, wrong button. Sorry about that, folks. I'm moving between monitors. All right. These are three charcoal drawings. And they're not recent, right?
1: No, this was 1984 when I was Thank in you. high school. Wow. My um my grandma was an amazing artist. She taught us charcoal and I just remember going to her house and she just took us aside and I think my brother Keith and I were the ones that we must have paid attention more because we still do it to the day, but um yeah, she taught me I love that horse because the um the shadowing on his face and even the veins, like how did I know how to do that? You know? Yeah. So it's just, and then I remember with the otters, I'm like, grandma, do I have to draw every single hair? And she yeah. was like, well, it's detailed, but you can, you know, smudge some and make it look like hair. And, you know, it just, I did. And I love that Fox. It's, it's just so funny that now I'm learning, um, about animals and their, uh, spiritual meaning, Right. you know, I just love this kind of stuff. Um, my parents had this encyclopedia. It was a huge book. And it was all about, it was all, and realize now it was watercolors, but it was all about each animal of the world and what the animal's known for. Right. And I, most of my paintings were based off of animals in that encyclopedia. And I found it online. I might splurge and get it just to kind of, you know, that inner child of in me would love to have that again. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I don't know what happened to it, but uh yeah, animals were my first passion as far as painting and not painting, but drawing.
0: Right, right. Yeah, I think they're good for for nineteen eighty four. That's awesome. Yeah. Now, well, let me let me <clears throat> let me ask you one question. This was this popped in my head when you said this. You said your grandmother was an amazing artist. Uh huh. So, what about your your mother?
1: She dabbled a little bit. She was a seamstress. She was okay. her art was sewing. Um, she took some classes later on with my aunt, her sister, mm-hmm. and played around with it. She wasn't too excited about it. Right. Um, But she does talk about an ocean with waves that she did that she was quite proud of, but I haven't seen it yet.
0: Yeah, well, I only ask that because, um, or or I bring that up because I don't necessarily think that artistic talent is inherited, but I will say, because my mother used to, she was a member of an art guild when we we were small, and she used to do uh, all kinds of stuff, painting and, and pastels. But what I'm saying is that, when you have somebody in your family that's willing to invest their time to to guide you to maybe uh, promote, maybe promote's not the right word, but to encourage your artistic side, I think that really can help you moving forward in life because I think that whole idea of being able to be creative, you know even if you're in a in a job that isn't necessarily creative, like being a mechanic or something like that. I think that is that can really foster additional growth in addition to what school provides. So.
1: You know, and this was what I wanted and I see Karen's um comment there. Thank yeah, you. Yeah,
0: Karen Thomas, she says Christy is amazing and I agree.
1: <laughs> um I wanted I visualized my art class to be this safe place right. that I felt like when I was drawing with my grandma, she was pretty harsh and you know, she wanted she was a perfectionist which teaching kindergarten taught me to not be a perfectionist. Right. Um, so I just love how everything's lined up to, to have me teach art. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, uh, I did, and I don't, I don't, know when we can talk about that, but I did have a, an amazing art lesson, um, that talked about neurons mm-hmm. and what they physically look like in a microscope. And we attempted to you know, do a fun little line drawing and then connect all the intersections with globs that look like glue, like neurons look like in a, in a microscope. And um, I have to say that class, it was a a high energy class, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. And there was complete silence for 20, 30 minutes of them just drawing and coloring. And it was the most spectacular moment in my high school classes were Every single kid, even the ones that didn't want to draw and paint and thought it was stupid, right. they were doing it. And it right. they turned out really good.
0: Yeah. And um yeah, that's is that something is that something so when did you when did you do that particular thing?
1: It was a few years ago. Yeah. When I first um met you. Yeah. And um, I was always looking into new lessons and and what to do. And I learned this from another art teacher Mm -hmm. um, and I'm like, that's a brilliant idea. I'm going to put a little spin on it with watercolor. Um, And now in this uh, practitioner's class that I just took, they talk about how that kind of art with um, the elderly and specifically Mm -hmm. those with memory loss can help them build neurons and could, it's a stretch, but it could slow down the process of dementia because you're building and, you know, there's different kinds of dementia, but this one that basically starts killing off the neurons, this can help build new ones. So I thought that was very interesting. And I yeah. I saw it firsthand with my high school students. So there's definitely some things I want to explore in that with, I don't know. I have a, a wide range of ages to work with, I guess. Yeah.
0: yeah, I think you've, you've got a pretty wide <laughs> yeah, you could draw in a lot. That, that's, I that's have great. a
1: lot to learn. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, a lot to learn, but you have a lot to offer. And I think that that combination right there is, uh, setting, setting you up for basically doing whatever it is that you want to do. You know what I mean? It's and a that,
1: beautiful she, thing. It's, it's, it's seeing awesome, it yeah. come together is beautiful. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So Lucinda's on Lucinda Bentley. She's been oh, on me, my Lucinda. show a couple of times and matter of fact, she's going to be on again soon, but we'll talk about that later. Um, and then, of course, Lucinda says dolphins, because these are two acrylic paintings. And these are the dolphins that were in the newspaper, right?
1: And these are dolphins from the Dolphin Research Center, where oh, I yeah. used to work with, with yep. Cindy. So um, she appreciates them. Like, you know, anyone that knows the dolphins at Dolphin Research Center would know that that's Tercy because her mouth's open. She always screamed when she jumped, <laughs> you know. So um, this was my first acrylic painting on my own. I was mm-hmm. playing with the water and the movement and Dolphins are hard to paint because they have so many details, but they're blurred. So they really have to be blended. So, um, and the mangroves in the back and the water splashing. It was, it was fun. I like this painting. It was fun to do.
0: Yeah. And I think that the, uh, the palm tree, we talked briefly about that. That, that really is, and I'm not going to, I'm not just saying this because I'm on the program. It's probably one of the best painted palms I've (laughs) ever seen. I'm just saying.
1: And thank you for saying that because you know with my classes we only have 50 minutes and I went I we're gonna do a palm tree today and you know and Mm -hmm. we'd focus on the the palm fronds and the wind and the shadowing and you know let's look at the palm trees across the street what do they look like and um I said okay that does it we're gonna sit down and we're gonna do one together and Mm -hmm. we're gonna learn I'm gonna learn with you we're gonna make this work and um a very well-known artist down here in the keys is very good at doing clouds and palm trees and so I blew up one of her um, paintings and a palm tree. And I specifically painted and focused on every detail of, I just love this. It's, it's small. It's only, I think it's on my wall back there, but it's only like a five, six by six maybe. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, yeah, it's one of my favorites.
0: Yeah. I think it's gorgeous. And um, let's, let's close out our portfolio review for Christy Farisi with.
1: Oh, Merlin
0: is a pet portrait.
1: This is my newest passion. I have a dear friend, um, Karen Thomas, who runs Peyton's Promise Sanctuary, and I get to go volunteer there um, as much as I can. And she is hospice for dogs. So she picks, she rescues dogs that are unadoptable, um, dogs that are on death row. They don't think there's any hope for them. They don't think no one. They don't believe anyone would want them. They put them on death row and they just kind of wait to die. And right. Karen rescues these dogs, and she's a registered nurse. So she, it's it's a miracle to see. I just got chills because it's a beautiful thing what she does there at the sanctuary. And um, I thought, how could I honor what she does? Ooh, I can get teary eyed because it's a beautiful thing that she does. And I'm like, well, I'm going to try to paint them. So I started off um, with Bubba's who passed away um, in August. That was pretty hard, but um, he lived the best year of his life at the sanctuary and I got to know him very well. Um, And I just, I was able to capture him and his personality and so I said you know what I'm going to commit to paint every single one of the dogs there at the sanctuary so I'm up to 10 now Mm -hmm. she just got a new dog so um we're uh gonna wait for Tanner to heal up a little bit so I can get a really good picture just to show how amazing he is and Yeah. yeah so this is like my new passion and you were saying how, what did you do here? And how come that pause in front? And, um,
0: right, right. It's a really interesting technique that you used on this. Yeah.
1: Before. I did something different. It, it just came to me. I, um, painted the dogs and then I cut them out mm-hmm. and then I painted the background and I raised it so that when the light changes in the room, the shadow changes. Yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was my vision anyway. And then when I started framing, them. um, I had a little fun with the matting and I tried to do like layers to make it look like they were coming out of the, the, the pick, the painting. So Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Karen uh, Karen
0: says she's beyond grateful as well.
1: It's, it's a, it was from the heart and I loved doing this for her.
0: Yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's gorgeous. And I, and speaking of Karen, I really ought to get Karen on this show because I think what she can talk about is really the art of taking care of animals, because I think there is an art to that. There's a science, granted, but I think it takes a very special person to be willing to do that. So thank you to Karen for that. And thank you for offering your time to not only paint the portraits, but but volunteer your time to help these animals, because you're right. Nobody wants to be alone at the end. And she's doing something that's that's really, I think, special to them and special to all of us, too.
1: Yeah. yeah. I've learned so much beings whether they're animal or human and we're all so different and we all have our little quirks and problems but if we just love and see them for their potential and how amazing they are and what gifts they offer uh, the world could be a better place
0: i absolutely agree we are now at 36 minutes
1: wow and
0: i could probably talk to you all night (laughs) Um, I feel
1: like I could talk some more too. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, so <clears throat> promise me you'll come back sometime and we can talk. Oh, more. sure. Awesome.
1: I right. would love to. Once I dive in more to art therapy, uh, maybe we'll do a little group lesson on here or something.
0: Oh, that would be amazing. Yeah. I think yeah. T- talking more about it, you know, get, you know, making people aware of what these different options are, um, you know, and what they really mean so that there's no confusion. Cause you might hear it and think it's something like maybe they're going to stick you in a white room with a paintbrush for art therapy. Well, yeah, if you want to sit in a white room, go ahead and do it, but that's not really what we're talking about here.
1: It's so yeah. different, and it's not—it's not in narrowed in this little box. It's huge. Right, right. Yeah.
0: Um, now, how would people get a hold of you if they wanted to look up like your life coaching services or anything like that?
1: Um, ChristieFurisi dot com is my website.
0: Okay, and, I and there's a link the there yep.
1: to um, email me if you have any questions. Okay, um, that's and the best on- way.
0: You're on Facebook. Are you on Instagram as well, or just Facebook?
1: I am, and all of those links are on my website as well. Okay. Instagram, Facebook.
0: Cool. Well, hopefully, hopefully, folks, if you're if you're listening and you're at least interested, check out her website. Christy is an amazing soul, and I so appreciate you spending this time with me. I had an awful lot of fun, um, so thank you very much.
1: Thank you, John. Time thank flies you. when you're having fun, huh? It
0: does. It absolutely does. So uh, until next time, folks, next Tuesday night, um, we'll be broadcasting again. And then in two weeks, we're going to have our Halloween special. I'm going to have Lucinda Bentley on with some former members of the uh, Georgia Paranormal Society. And we're going to talk about the art of ghost hunting. And let me tell you, if Lucinda's initial conversation with me uh, lives up, it's going to be one spooky show. And it's going to be a special one-hour show because we're going to have all... There's going to be like five people on there, but it's going to be amazing, folks. So hopefully you guys will mark your calendars and check it out. So again, Christy, thank you so much. And if you could just hang on right after this, I'd appreciate that. In the meantime, folks, have a great evening. Thank you for listening. Thank you so very much for joining me on the Art Talk podcast, where it's my goal to bring artists together to talk about their craft. If you'd like to join me for a conversation, please reach out via email at johncoleartist at gmail.com or by visiting my website at johnrobertcole.com. So until next time, keep crafting, painting, and inspiring others with your creativity. You make more of an impact than you know. See ya.